Well, welcome along to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. This is episode number 54. Yeah, that's crazy. We keep saying that. We've got to stop saying that. We're blown away. It's 54. I can't believe you've listened to this long, but here you are. (laughs) So here we go. So uh, we're going to have fun today. I want to give a little shout out to an old friend of the pod. Mm -hmm. This has been a, this is an OG. This is from the very beginning but uh, Miss Alicia Murray has been a friend of the pod since since the beginning, yeah. and she is going to get a new award, and that award is for the most thorough feedback. That is true. She wrote us an awesome email this week. Absolutely. And talked about a bunch of different episodes that it had impact on her. So, Alicia, thank you so yeah. much for sharing with us. Uh, others, please let us know how these episodes have impacted you. We love to hear that. Also... Blake, are there any more stickers for Friends of the I Pod? I have stickers on my person almost all the time. If you see Blake in public, he really <laughs> likes this in, like if you see him at the Walmart or whatever, oh, if just you, sabotage him. You probably won't see me at the Walmart because I'm pretty good about disappearing when, I, <laughs> when I'm in there. <laughs> I was once accused of never being seen in this community. It was a really funny conversation. Uh, are you like that too? Are you? Do you get well, out, Blake? No, I I get out, but I try. Where to, might someone spot? I try you to in stay stealth if I can. Where might if you know if you wanted to see a a, a Blake wandering out in the wilderness? Uh, where would someone usually, find you? Probably on a Friday and a Saturday, I'm going to be at Lowe's multiple oh. times. So there you go. Listen, yeah. listen. Here's a quick tip: if you're looking for a sweet tea and coffee. Uh, I may not have it with sticker. me. <laughs> Go to Lowe's this no, weekend. Now I'm going to have to carry a few stickers in my pocket <laughs> right, all the time. That's right. Okay, this has been too much banter. Hey, we are here with a uh, with a friend of the pod. So uh, exciting when we get friends of the pod here. Listen to a ton of episodes. Has been a big encourager of our podcast. Uh, we're here with Miss Angela Moore, uh, and I should say not just Miss Angela Moore, the legendary. The, yeah. Angela Moore. And so we're excited to get into life and family and what it looks like to serve and roll up your sleeves and do the dirty work when it comes to kingdom work. So if you've been around the Moors long, you know that they specialize in doing the whatever and the whenever of ministry work. So excited to chat with her about that. Stick around for this episode. Okay, so I said we are here with the legendary Angela Moore. Angela, welcome and thank you so much for being um, here with us absolutely. today. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you've got you've got a disguised drink in front of you. You've got it mm. in a uh, in one of these nice yes. insulated uh, mugs, mm-hmm. not a mug glass, whatever. You know, if you have one of those nice insulated mugs, the uh, the Yeti mugs, what well, goes really you, you well. You air quoted Yeti. Yes. Folks kind of podcast can't see can't that. See that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, air, Yeti <laughs> cups. You, what We're goes, not sponsored what by goes Yeti. Well, well, not yet. But what goes well on those is a nice sweet tea and coffee sticker. Oh, so that's, that's right. where oh, I okay, that's where I put okay. my, my Okay, sticker. so okay. let me, can I get to the question of our yeah, guest? Yeah, sure. Just doing promoting some promotion. Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what's in there? Well, my people would tell you it's colored water. I would tell you it's goodness and it's unsweet tea. <laughs> unsweet yeah. tea. So yeah. on the sweet tea and coffee debate, do you land on, are you a sweet tea fan? I am an unsweet tea girl and an unsweet coffee, but the coffee's got to have the right color to it. Hmm. It's got to have a little creaminess to it. Okay. But no sweetener. So so milk in your coffee, is that, are you just straight milk or how do no, you achieve the no cream. sweetener? Some cream. Okay. Just, just but, cream. But no okay. sugar, no sweetener. Okay. But excellent. It's, I just can't drink it straight black. Okay. So you kind of have taken our show title and made a hybrid. So you're made it non-sweet healthy. coffee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah. really good. There you go. That's right. And unsweet tea. Very good. Very good. Cool. Well, seriously, thanks for uh, thanks for being here with us. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, so we'd love to start here just understanding where... Uh, people's journeys have taken them. How did you end up in the Piney Woods of East Texas? Where did you grow up and, and how did you get here? Yeah. Well, I'm one of those people that's not a Ben, not born in Nacogdoches, okay. but have been here pretty long. Long okay. enough to be... To feel like it. Yeah. Closer to a Ben. Yeah. I don't know, Angela. They're pretty... They are. They're kind of yeah. stingy on those titles. <laughs> but but I, I'm good with it. There's not I, much I'm grace in the bin out. conversation, I've noticed. So um, <laughs> I'm one of those people then that I grew up in Corsicana, Texas. Okay. And um, that's where my family still lives. And I'm one of those people that 
traveled the Pinewood Way to get to SFA. Okay. You know, that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, just a few years ago. No, so you started your freshman ago. year just just a few years ago. Yeah, like I talk to students all the time. Hey, I just lived there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what that dorm looks like. That's right. Um, yeah, so came to SFA and knew. Now, what made you come to SFA? Honestly, I kind of looked at speech pathology and kind of looked okay. at communications. Okay. And kind of went with the plan that this might be a good starting point. Okay. Had the idea that if I came and it it wasn't the long landing spot, it was a good starting spot. Uh, the town size, the community feel felt kind of similar to how there it was where I grew up. So yeah. that kind of seemed yeah. like a good transition point. Mm-hmm. Um, I came here, I didn't know anyone, no one I went to high wow. school with, no one, I, I knew, no one. Yeah. And so I knew... From the get-go, I've got to find a church home, and I've got to find community that is like-minded in in that thinking, mm-hmm. um, and all the other stuff with college and SFA, and the reason that my family was sending me here, yeah. right. that all that would would work out. So um, that's that's kind of what I did. Yeah, and that's I, biblical. Seek first the kingdom. All these things, yeah. and, and your major will work its way out. I think it's something absolutely. Like what it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. So, um, yeah, I I came here, and that's that's kind of the beginning. So, what was life like growing up in Corsicana? What well, your parents do? Like what? You know, siblings. How how did have, your, was your childhood? I have one sibling, seven years younger, a brother, um, and I would say, you know, like there's not a lot of. Not a, there wasn't a lot of activity in Corsicana. <laughs> I mean, like we went to Dallas if you needed anything yeah. or yeah. you were going to go do something. Um, but on the other hand, it was very family-oriented. We did a lot of family activities. Um, and I guess pretty simple, you know. Um, enjoyed family and time, had close friends. Um, I grew up going to church Every time the doors were open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, my mom always made sure that was that was that, that was part was, of the routine. That yeah. was the plan. Yeah. Uh, my dad was always supportive of us going, although I can really just remember a few times that he went with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. But always supportive. Um, I was the kid that never wanted to miss church camp. Um, super involved in the youth group. Any camp that might be going on, anything the youth group mm-hmm. might be doing. Let's do all of them. Yeah. So pretty much that's been a constant. Yeah, I was going to say, um, folks that know you now know that's still, like, you're still rolling. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was that that shaped a lot of like those growing up years. Like the close friends that I had were ones that I kind of did life with and went to church with and went to camp with and did youth groups activities and things with. Um, but then. We all graduated, yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody kind of just went all different ways. And yeah. really, I don't really stay in touch with any. I mean, I, people I've tried to stay in touch with, I'm like, there's everyone's kind of lost contact. Yeah. So, yeah, I came to SFA, okay. and you know, okay. So you, so in. your major, what was your major at SFA? You said communications and well, speech path. That's kind of the direction I came here exploring, okay. but declared speech pathology and. Got my undergrad degree in that, stayed here for graduate school, so speech-language pathology. And you never left Nacogdoches? I never left Nacogdoches. Okay, and doing Still speech here. path now? Like what, um, what, is, what does your world look like now? I did that for a number of years in virtually every setting that you could be a speech pathologist in. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I really believed that having some kind of work that involved helping people and mm-hmm. connecting with families was mm-hmm. essential. And so that's kind of what shaped the the career path. And God was faithful because so many people and families and children and people of all ages. I, I've worked from birth to like, you know, geriatric right. range yeah. Yeah. and loved it. So um, I did that up until about um, – Eight years ago, okay. and did that part time through home health, and then transitioned. And I worked for Zoll Medical for about eight and a half years, um, up until like this past November, and that was a shift, and that was in the cardiac 
division. Yeah. But they didn't know it. They got a little speech therapy on the side. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Everybody gets a little speech yeah. therapy in the yeah. in the process. But so when you were pursuing that degree at, at SFA, when, when you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? There, there seems like for you, or was there? I guess I, I don't want to assume. Was it? Were you pursuing those things out of? I just know I want to. I want to help people. I want to be involved in. You, you mentioned, you know being being a support, being a help, and being mm-hmm. involved in families. Was that something that was clear to you as you were pursuing that degree? And that was kind of the why behind what you were pursuing? Or was that something that you discovered as something that you loved as you got into the work? Well, I would say that I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to be in a helping profession. And I wasn't sure, I think at that time, if I really knew what path that would take. Yeah. But I just knew, like, I loved people and I loved helping, and that was something I'd had some exposure to. I did some shadowing of some different um, career disciplines, and that was just something that really kind of stuck with me. Mm. And I felt like there would be a need for it throughout the the years, that we were always going to need to communicate. We were always going to need um, that support in a variety of settings, so... That kind of factored into it, but just the whole, the overarching thought was, I want to help people. Do you know where that comes from in your life? Is that is that something that you saw modeled at home, or is that something that you recognized as something that that was important to you early on? Where do you think that that desire to help people came from? Thought about it in those terms, Hmm. I guess before, but I would say um, my grandmother. Really? Which, who we called Granny. Okay. Tell us um, about Granny. Granny was one of those people who, even in her 80s, would go and help the neighbors. Those mm. old people, mm. you know, down the street that needed help, who were like 20 years younger, <laughs> but they yeah. were the old people that needed help. Yeah. And so she uh, she didn't live in the same town growing up when I was growing up, but when I moved to college, she relocated to live in the same town with our family. Um, But just, you know, we just, I think back, very fond memories of her. Mm. She had such a heart of service and giving um, and and just naturally had that giving and helper, loving, um, baking and taking food to people and just Mm. kind of that serving behind the scenes. But I don't know. I I think back to... Was that something that you that she invited you into or was that something that you more observed from a distance? You know, as she moved in with your family, was she ever just going, okay, come on, we're going to go do this. Or were you just more, you saw it and were really intrigued by the way she gave of herself. Um, She, she actually lived, she had a a little apartment. So she, she lived, she's very independent, wanted to live alone, like very independent. Oh yeah. So um, just going and spending time with her, you know, we'd go along and, whatever her list was that day that who we were going to go help, what we were going to go do, yeah. who needed groceries, you know, she would have been all about this food bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would be all about like these three families need something. We need to get in line because yeah. it wasn't in as large a scale back then, but she had some people that we would go and right. we would, yeah. we'd get the food and we wow. would do the things. And so hmm. I just think back to, her heart for loving people wherever they were. And it wasn't based on monetary things. Yeah. You know, it was just acts of service and mm-hmm. kindness. Um, and I, that's just a sweet memory. That's really cool. That's really cool to even think about how that was something that you, you weren't just told about, you didn't just see, but you experienced with her mm-hmm. and the impact that makes. We've said this before on the show where you know the the impact that it makes on a kid's life really regardless of uh, of age but in those in those formative years when a grandparent is yeah having an influence practicing mm-hmm. their faith sharing their faith whatever it is the the impact that that has on grandkids is is massive and so that's neat that you know as i think about you know i know you now yeah and, but hearing that story and hearing how you saw that not you saw it modeled but you also participated in that. It makes a lot of sense yeah. to think about who you are and how I mean, it kinda, you it's live just, your it's life. It's one of those things. I mean, I wouldn't have thought about that back then. Yeah. But, um, 
That's amazing. If you ask some people who knew her, really knew her, that's what they would tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah she was she was the person going to go help the neighbor. And she yeah. always would tell, you know, oh, I've got an old lady down the road. We've got to go help. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd get down there, and I'm like, we're surely not at the right house. This lady's like. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, she'd maybe you know, had some health issues or whatever, and my granny had figured it out, figured yeah. out what they needed and how yeah. she could help them. And so that's what we were doing. And it seems like it's it's one of the things that I think we've lost the art of is is just in order to help somebody in a in a meaningful way, you have to know them. And it's and it's just it's the art of knowing your neighbor. We talked about this a few years ago in a study we did with our men, but just e- even the ability to to be familiar enough with your neighbors, with the people that are right there, to know even what what, what they need are. and how yeah. you could be helpful. You got to know them. You've got to know them first. And I think that's something that is so lost today is the it ability is. to know and connect and, and the desire to know and connect with your neighbors. And, but that was something that you were shown at, at a young age. And I want to, so I want to, oh, it's going to be hard, but we're going to put a bookmark there because okay. we're going to come back to, <laughs> to Angela Moore, the let's do whatever get to, to help. Because uh, because that, that's a huge part of who you are. That's a huge part of your family. But I want to jump back in to so bookmark that. Let's mm-hmm. jump back into SFA. So you finish SFA, you launch off into career. You're in Nacogdoches. Tell me where Paul Moore comes <laughs> in the picture. I gotta know. Oh, yeah. I've never heard the story okay, of Angela well, and Paul and and how they met and you know, their relationship. Like I prayed up, Lord. There's gotta be somebody. There's mostly all these girls at SFA. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the guys yeah, coming in? I mean, it didn't matter. Old story. It is. Like, and you're like, okay, do any of them go to church? Do yeah. any of them yeah. do any of them know the Lord? Yeah. There was a little season where I was like asking the Lord. What's the deal? Where are they? <laughs> like so um finally he got to Nacogdoches because I had been here. Um <laughs> but he came from Kilgore Junior College, transferred here, and so we met in college at church um, and met in an, in August and got engaged in February and got married the next August. Wow. So. Okay. In college. What was your first date? The first date? Yeah. Well, how, what, what, is, what is a first date Yeah, we're trying Palmore? to We're, trying to get we're into really Palmore's trying brain. to dive yeah. into Paul Moore. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> the psychology yes, of Paul Moore. Yes. Well, you know, never a dull moment. We learned that. I know. That's why I'm like, yeah. I'm, I got to know what's the first um, thing. <laughs> it's always going to be about food. Okay. Because he's always about, like, he enjoys his food. Okay. And so he's always, like, checking out, like, what's he going to eat? What's the next thing? Or yeah. he's heard about a new restaurant or a new recipe or a new – totally loves that. So okay. that was true back then. Um, so we went to Catfish Junction. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And were you blown away? I was just like, I'm going to Catfish Junction. <laughs> Where are we going? Because that kind of felt like it was out on 59. You kind of mm-hmm. had to leave town. And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not even sure I love catfish, but okay. But here you go. Yeah, on an adventure with Paul Moore. Yeah, there was not an adventure that with Paul Moore. That was actually a pretty happening place back it, in the it day. Was, I mean, yeah. it was like full. I mean, lots of people, uh-huh. different people we had run across like in college ministry and things. So it was like, Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he still likes catfish. That's great. Now, <laughs> so, we can't as much as I'm sure our listeners want to continue the conversation, there is pro, there is definitely a day where Paul Moore is going to have to sit in this chair and yeah. we're going to we're going to we're going to give oh, him an sure. interview. But cuz he's got the stories. Us, I'm going to yeah, okay, so I've got to ask for one. We just have, we we've got to wet the appetite a little bit for for folks for a Paul Moore interview. But give us a give us a great Paul Moore story from the early days. Oh goodness. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, there's just, you know, there's just always something like there's I don't always even something. know. <laughs> there's just always, there's just always an adventure. There's just always something that I'm like. We get. There's got to be a great adventure story, Angela. Come on, come on. We can do this. Oh, I'm totally I'm sure putting you on the spot. Think like I'll get out here and be like, oh my goodness, why didn't I tell him that one? Um, I don't know. There's there's always adventures surrounding like. You know, lost keys, lost keys at the bottom of the lake, lost keys to the vehicle, lost, like, that could have happened yesterday. It didn't, but I mean, it could have. Like, 
always things where it's it's just kind of a part of life. Yeah, and we just kind of go okay, and I just know he, he's going to find him or he's going to get yeah, home just somehow. Don't make, or, we just don't make big he's going to get home somehow. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's well, just kind of the know, way we roll these it. days. I wouldn't be surprised of just seeing Paul walking down the roads, going heading somewhere. You oh, know? it's happened. Yeah, I mean, run out of gas. <laughs> run out of gas a lot of times run out of gas well you guys you guys are always going there is there's always something going on and so okay we can go back to our bookmark so you talk about Paul and you've got so in my imagination and you got to know Paul a little bit to 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 get this in your mind and we'll interview him on this podcast at some point but always going 100 miles an hour he's always thinking three steps ahead Trade. He's got some new something yeah. in his yeah. in his mind and and going, and then you you combine that with somebody who's in some ways the same way in yourself, always going and up and up for whatever, and then and then between the two of them, you've got this love for Jesus and desire to serve the Lord, and what you get is this really I would say this really unique uh, family that is that serves the kingdom in unique ways. And when I say unique ways, I, I don't mean I don't mean uh, just really outside the box. I just mean uh, serves the kingdom in the whenever and the however, in the little things and the big things, and allows their life to be interrupted often. And whatever God wants to do to interrupt their life, you guys are you guys seem always ready as fast as you're going, you seem always ready to stop and take on the next, whatever the next thing that God puts in front of you. Okay, so I am just, so how does that, and it's unique, and I think people are really inspired by that, challenged by that. I certainly uh, have, and it's an incredible, uh, it's been an incredible thing just from a pastoral perspective, an incredible thing to watch, how you guys have just gotten your, your hands dirty, rolled up your sleeves, got your hands dirty in the community. How... Does that kind of lifestyle come about? Was it natural for you guys, or did you have some uh, kind of some moments where you felt like the Lord really challenged you? You had to get outside your box and live that way. How how does living that way come about? Because your your kids live in very much the same way. You know, Maggie, your daughter's on our staff now, and and is the same way. So. Where does that come from? How do you guys put that together? I think anything that that you see that is good or has God's handprint on it is the Lord mm. in anything. So if, if there's anything that you're like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing, or hey, did you see this, or this is kind of a behind-the-scenes thing, anything that you could could see that you're like, hey, that's a good thing, or that's a cool thing, I think I might ask them about that, it would all be the Lord. So I just think living open-handed, like where it's like, okay, Lord, like, what do you have for us in this? Um, living with prayer as the foundation. Hmm. So lots of prayer. And so true. I so want to live an, an interrupted life where hmm. whatever God says, oh, by the way, you didn't see this coming today, but yeah, this is what yeah. I got on the plan. Mm-hmm. Then I can just rest in knowing, like, okay, well, if if he's got the plan and he knows how it's going to end, okay, then the next thing is, okay, Lord, what do we need to do? Um, I think at any point that our families had an opportunity to serve in some way behind the scenes, I mean, even when Paul and I were in college, that's always been something we have a heart for. Is and a lot of times it's it's behind the scenes. It's not it's not a program or a mm-hmm. um, a planned project or anything per se. It's yeah. just kind of a way of living of yeah. finding out about something. Can we meet a need? What does that look like? I don't know. Like I think I would say we both love that, and so that's mm. just kind of always been something. Through the years, um, wherever God's placed us, He's just always faithful to let your life intersect with the people and the places that He knows 
need to intersect and then to equip you with what's needed for whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And there's just been, you know, countless things through the years where we didn't see something coming or um, maybe wouldn't have even stayed on that path if we'd known part of what was down that that Hmm. path. But just knowing that the Lord orchestrates all those details for His glory and our good, then it's like, okay, we're all in. Like, what does that look like? So, I don't know if that's kind of like no, it's so, that's kind of what you're. That's good. I, how do you? I imagine living a let's let's go with this title. I think it's a great title. I think it's a good theme for the way that I, I feel like you guys live your life, living open to the interruption. It, I imagine that there are moments where you know you get curveballs in the middle of your day. Oh, for and sure. Talk a little bit about how how does that work within a marriage. You know, as you, you're you're at the grocery store, and here comes an interruption, um, and now you're going to go off and do this, or help this person, or do whatever it is. And um, how do how have you guys figured out how to live a easily interrupted life and made it work within your marriage, where it doesn't end up becoming contentious between the two of right. you? You know what I'm saying? So how do what what would you say to uh, to the keys to marriage and living that that open-handed way? Well, I would say when our kids were younger and I was at a different place in my walk with the Lord, there was probably a time where I was like, this is a schedule and this is dinner and this is is all got to happen this way. And so you were going to be home and you're not and where are you at now? And, you know, God's grown us Hmm. in so many ways um, where we would still be like, okay, we're going to do that. But now... It's like, okay, if we had a delay or a, a need came before us or whatever it is, yeah. it's just like, okay, well, that's that's what God knew needed to happen. The other things are either going to work out that were supposed to happen or on the list. And if they don't, well, they weren't supposed to. That's yeah. in God's plan. So just as God's in the process of refining us and continuing to, to shape us along this journey um, – I think it's just an ebb and flow of like, oh, Paul calls me and tells me X, Y, Z's happened. You're not going to believe this, but I'm like, I am going to believe it. But go ahead, <laughs> you can tell me. And then he explains this situation that arose, or what he stopped to do, or what happened. Um, and I always kind of know, like, if he says I'm going to be home at five thirty, that's really code for seven. <laughs> so I just build in. There's just that window because yeah. I know. Um, we value people being seen. We value people being heard. And that means you have to stop and talk to them. Hmm. And sometimes it means like that's going to take longer than what you yeah. thought. And we live in such a culture that's hmm. hurry, hurry, hurry. And it's about me, me, me. Yeah. And I think hmm. we've seen there is freedom in self-forgetfulness where it's not about me. It's Now, I, I'm curious, is that something that that you feel like you had to learn over time. You know, you talked about when there were kids, it was very uh, absolutely strict. And yeah, regimented. that's my that's my question. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that transition take place? Because that seems like a huge jump to I make. I just feel like it's the Lord. Yeah. Because... Was it a, was it a moment? Was it a process? Like, how how would you say you you went from one kind of to the other? I I think it is definitely for me has been a process mm. of like the Lord showing me like. I'm in charge. I'm in control. I have mm. the plan. You are not, because mm-hmm. there would be points along the way. My people would tell you, "Oh yeah, yeah." The be, Lord was still working on yeah, that. There'd be some tension, <laughs> some tension in there. Yeah. Um, but just a process that the Lord's been faithful to, to show us, you know, in His timing, in His plan, those rhythms. If I'm faithful to the rhythms that He shows us have value in His kingdom plan. He's going to work out the rest of those details, mm-hmm. and it's way more joyful, much less stress involved, um, hmm. just to to do it in God's timing and God's way. I think that's interesting, a really interesting statement, because I think there are some people that would look at the way that you live and kind of go, okay, wait a minute, if I were to surrender 
my time and my schedule and my priority list and my to-do list. And, you know, if I were to surrender my structure, they don't look at that and on the surface say, well, that looks like a a really stress-free way to live. They look at that and go, oh my gosh, that would be incredible. That's chaos. and, (laughs) And that would be really, really, really stressful. But you're actually saying the opposite. You're, you're kind of talking about the, the peace and the, the de-stress came as you kind of surrendered your, and maybe the better heading is you just, you kind of surrendered control mm-hmm. of your time and your agenda. And, and you found that as you surrendered those things, it actually got less stressful. Am I, am I hearing you kind of describe I, that right? I think for me, that's been the, tra- I'm very much a list maker. I'm very much probably mm. top A, everything's in its place. There's right. a reason, there's a plan. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how I'm hardwired. Yeah. So there's that that's still there. Yeah. But realizing that I need to be able to surrender things at the feet of Jesus. I need to leave it there. He doesn't need me to come. Um, I need to pick this back up because God wasn't mm. working on that quickly no, enough yeah. or in my time frame or in the way I thought maybe it was going to play out. So being able to just rest in knowing the Lord is going to structure the day. I need to surrender that to Him. I need to be obedient to Him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to work out in the way that glorifies Him best. Mm. And so that's just been a, a real process I think the Lord's taken me on. So in the process of not growing weary and doing good. Yeah. So mm. I think we can wear ourselves out certainly in the culture and with the way things are on such a fast pace these days, um, learning to be okay with margins, margins of rest, margins of time, margins of, Mm. I'm going to put this little space in here because God may have somebody that needs to meet today. Mm. God may have someone that like, I'm going to talk to at the store that they're going to need something. And Mm. so creating margins, creating some, some places and being okay with that's okay. Like I had to kind of come to a place of giving myself permission for that. Hmm. Um, Cause definitely how I'm wired over here yeah. would be schedule all these minutes and do all these things. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't have a lot that you can check off and you haven't done that at the end of the day, then well, what was your day about? Right. Yeah. And so sometimes I had to kind of, fight against that, but then come back and it's like, okay, but I surrender. Mm-hmm. It's the, the day is the Lord's. Hmm. And and what does he have for us? How do we glorify him in that? What does that look like? And so. That's amazing. I want to, I want to ask you, was, we're going to jump way off. To, we're just going to take this a, do it. an interesting direction here. Cause I, you know, over the years, when you talk to people about obedience to the Holy Spirit, and being led by the Spirit on a, you know, in, in in the in the midst of your day, one of the things that I think can happen, especially to personality, and you you and I are very much the same, especially to personality types like ours, is the is pe- people that that are kind of type A, they hear this, they hear this description of, you know, being obedient to the Spirit and you know, listening and responding to promptings and being obedient, leaving margin and. They hear this and they freak out because they think, well, first of all, this is this is so outside of my personality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got <laughs> – you think about friends in your life that are like, well, yeah, Johnny over here, he can do that because he's this real – He lives that way he, anyway. He lives yeah. that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> right. next, you know, but I got a schedule, you know, mm-hmm. so I can't live that. I can't live that Christian life because that's not my – that's not my personality, and I right. and I've seen that a lot. Where people that are that are more structured, more Type A, really recoil at the idea of of living in obedience to God's Spirit on a day in and day out basis because of the perception of chaos and of lack of a lack of order. But the reality is, we know that our God is a God of order. Exactly. And That's so, how have so you you haven't you have been able to come to a place where you have not sacrificed who you are. You've not felt like I've got to lay down Angela Moore, the type A person. And yet you've also discovered 
this life where there's margin and you can say yes to God and you are not thrown off all the time by the random. And I would just love for, for people like me that kind of can struggle to put those two things together. How has that worked for you? How, how has God brought you to a place where you haven't lost your personality? How has he even used your personality? How, how have you seen those two things kind of merge together? I hope the question makes sense, but I'm, I'm fascinated what you might well, think. I would just say I'm such a work in progress, you know, moving along the already, not yet, the kind of, yeah. you know, work in progress. Yeah. But I would say definitely the parts of Angela Moore that are the organized, got to have a plan. Yeah. I feel like having some structure does relieve some stress. And, yeah. and I function better when things are kind of orderly and yeah. tidy and... I have a schedule, and, and I do like a list. Um, but I would just say that at the beginning of every day, it has to be, for me, it hmm. has to begin with prayer. And hmm. it has to end with prayer. So those are the bookends. And that's just essential for me. So that rhythm hmm. of it's got to begin with prayer. So I might have had a list, and I may have appointments, and I have things that, that have to have an order in. Yeah. You know, my people might tell you I'm a little too like, these things need to go over here. There's a reason. You know, Colin yeah. always say, you just always stuff, you you put things away, and I don't know where they are, and yeah. I just need the battery charger to stay here. Yeah. You know, whatever it was. It's got to be organized. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, being able to come and just start every day with prayer interceding for others, um, asking the Lord to order my steps, asking the Lord to go before me. I feel like that shapes everything about mm. the day. So mm. as I like surrender, okay, these are the things that I'm aware of, but Lord, you know what mm-hmm. is needed and you know mm-hmm. what is best. And so just being able to do that in a rhythm daily is kind of how those things have kind of fleshed out. Yeah. Um, so just continued work in progress. No, that's so good. That is so good because I think people, I really appreciate you going into that because I think, like I said, that there are people that identify with personalities like ours and, and, and really see it as a barrier Mm -hmm. to living in God's kingdom. And, and that's not the case at all. And in fact, you know, God made us like we are on purpose uh, and and so that that uh, n- desire for order, that need for organization, that in many in so many ways that comes from God, and God wants to use that. And I love how you're talking about prayer because prayer seems to be the place where. And I think the most profound thing I've ever learned about prayer was that you know I used to think about prayers. This is where I this is where I tell God about all the things that I need, and it was prayer was about getting my will done in heaven, right. And that's not at all what what prayer is about. Prayer is about getting God's will done in Here. me. Mm-hmm. And, and and so when we come to a place of prayer like that as the beginning, mm-hmm. then what we're doing is we're we're surrendering. We're surrendering the uniqueness of who we are and saying, God, you know who I am. You created me. Now you use it. Right. And so walking in the kingdom isn't about losing who I am. Hmm. It's about surrendering it to who and God is God do and letting all Him do the things. It. Yeah. Which is why, and I think that that just is such a uh, uh, such an important point. Which is why that actually leads to less stress and more joy, mm-hmm. because you and I weren't made to have our hands on the oh, controls. Sure. And so when we release that, that's the, the stress is gone because we're saying, "God, you're in charge. You're in charge, and you know who I am." And you're going to use who I am to to glorify you. So I think that's so good. And I, if you're Type A out there, you can be used by God too. <laughs> that's exactly right. And you can be organized. And you can be organized. And okay, one th- one more thing I want to hit on, just kind of as we um, as we close. One of the things that we've we've my family certainly and and many of those who know you have been blessed by uh, is your is your kiddos. And uh, and so Colin and and Maggie are are awesome. And and they're around. It's cool. They're both still. Hanging out and around here. Yeah, we're loving that. Colin's yeah. got family. You <laughs> got grandkids Absolutely. around here. I mean, you're I'm here for it. it. You're yeah, loving I'm it. I'm here so, for it. Talk about, talk about training children 
in the, and we could do a whole, co- a whole series of podcasts on this, but as you kind of began to learn to live in an open handed way and, and give God control, uh, what was, what was that like to bring your kids along and learning that? Because that's another thing I think that there are some that might be listening that are going, well, yeah, I'd love to live obedient to the Lord and do whatever he has in the day, but I got kids. And I can't do. Like I, mm-hmm. We got soccer practice, and we got got to go to the grocery store and drop the kids out. You know, and and they 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 might see kids as a barrier to living an uh, living an open handed handed life. But you guys, you guys have have, uh, and I'm sure it's come with its ups and downs and bumps and bruises. But you guys have been able to bring your kids along in living that way. Uh, talk about kind of what you've learned and 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 how to how to even begin doing that. Well, again, this is for sure something that a prayer is so foundational in yeah. because yeah parenting is not for the faint of heart yeah. as we all know <laughs> yeah. um and it's just with much prayer hmm. you know in in every facet um when i think along the way um you know Every child's unique, so their interests mm. and their abilities and, mm-hmm. and what makes them flourish is is, is different. Yeah. There may be some similarities, but you know, each child um, has specific areas where they're flourishing and, and other areas where they have interests that may be the next child, theirs is a little different. So I think it's it's especially helpful to to ask the Lord to reveal like what's the best way? How mm. how are we best yeah. going to encourage this child mm-hmm. um, for what you've created for them and how you've designed them and what you want for their life. And then mm-hmm. for the next child, Lord, this is another, you know, wonderful gift. Right. How how do we take care of this gift that you've given us and this this child too? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just something from like day one of like you find out you're expecting a baby, like, and you're praying. You're praying before then. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, then you're praying, and and you're still praying, mm-hmm. um, and then you have grandkids, and you're still praying. So that I just think prayer is the most foundational, formative part of of that whole journey, and I've observed times where. I don't know, even in some of our experiences where things were kind of compartmentalized. Okay, this is this is the church thing, and this maybe is the work thing, and this is the school part, and mm-hmm. these are these places. But I have seen where we had opportunities to, you know, church wasn't a building. Church serving someone wasn't because it was a service project. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, this is just how we live. This is what we yes. do. God's called us to help. He's called yeah. us to live on mission. He's called us mm-hmm. to um, keep our eyes on Him and 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 look for what He might be showing us. And so kind of not having all those compartments, but mm-hmm. having, I don't know, I, I would say we are such a work in progress you know, of mm-hmm. like what we learned in earlier years of parenting, and then our kids are seven years apart. So, um, things we learned along that we're like, hmm, didn't know this back then. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. that might have been good or bad, depending on which child you speak to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but just being able to kind of do life and for kids to come along and see that. We're we're called to do that as a family. We're called to do that on mission and bring other people around and along. Um, I'd love to say there's always an extra seat at the table where someone could come over and where our kids knew, sure, you you need to bring them? Okay, great. Oh, half the basketball team didn't get dinner? Okay, we're on it. Whatever it looked like that, that there was room for extra, someone was always welcome to come over um, there was always going to be a snack. I don't, it might not, might not have been fancy. <laughs> Some of the guys would go, it was 400 fish sticks, but you know, they were always in the freezer. Yeah. Um, so just always kind of being available, always wanted to be a place where um, students and kids, 
and families felt welcome and they could come and if they needed something, um, that we were a safe place mm-hmm. that they could come where hopefully it was fun, but also where they knew like if they needed encouragement or they they were going through a rough spot, um, that we were a place that they could come hang out if that was for a day or a night or longer. Right. Um, and just as the Lord brought different opportunities for us to do that with other individuals that might have needs, they didn't always know who might be in the guest room. Mm. <laughs> um, it was just, this is what we prayed about. This is what the Lord has shown us. And so this is, this is how this, mm. how this is going to work mm-hmm. out. So we're going to need y'all's help in X, Y, Z. But just, I don't know. We love our family, love hanging out with them. Um, count that as such a joy mm-hmm. and a blessing, such a gift. Um, you know, you think back and you just pray that, like, your children will know the Lord and that they will know the Lord from an early age. And then I just pray that um, it'll be a blessing, you know, mm. like that Carrie Job song, like, for your children and their children and mm-hmm. their children, mm-hmm. that that would just continue, that that's the trajectory. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really my hope and prayer is that, our children and their children and their children and all those mm-hmm. those future generations would know the Lord mm-hmm. and that in some way God has allowed us to be a little part of the story mm-hmm. um, right here in Nacogdoches, Texas mm-hmm. um, to intersect with his people um, to be a part of a, a wonderful church family that I love um, how Fredonia Hill is involved in the community, sees value in relationships and community that changes lives. Mm. And so it's an exciting time to be a part of whatever that looks like for our family because I think God is, He's I know it, He's at work. Yeah. Um, and just that we get to be a part of that in some small way. Mm. Um it's just a great joy and blessing. Yeah. And yeah. so we're excited to see what else God's doing. That's great. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, you know, if you have, if, if there's been a theme that's come out of here, of, of out of this conversation, certainly for me, the thing that has stood out is, is the word prayer. And I would love to just, I would just love to leave the, uh, leave the interview just right here with one simple question. Prayer is is something that I think intimidates a lot of people, and they there there's a lot of people that are that are going. Well, I don't know how to pray, or I've never really I've never really prayed. Somebody comes and sits down with you and and shares that, Angela. I don't know how to, you talk all about prayer. Where do I begin? What what sort of just if you could just quickly like what sort of just simple encouragement might you give to somebody that's going. I need to step into that mm-hmm. place of prayer. What would you say? You know, I would say God wants to hear from his people. He loves his children. Um, he longs for the relationship. He longs for us just just to talk to him. Yeah. It does. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of thoughts sometimes um, around. It has to be eloquent speech. It has to be in a certain mm. format. It has to to flow from a certain method. And if it doesn't fit into that, then it maybe doesn't qualify hmm. in some way. But I would just say it's it's a conversation with hmm. your Heavenly Father who loves you and who longs for you to sit with Him and talk to Him hmm. and to bring the little concerns. I know there's people I've talked to and they're like, oh, Ed, well, we're not praying about that. No, I mean, we're praying about the big things. We're not, we're not praying about these things. Hmm. I pray about all the things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, all the things. I mean, you know, in God's economy, He just wants to hear from His people. Mm. And I think that um, changes lives. It changes communities. It changes cities. Um, Mm. And we see the power of prayer. And I think that's that's one of the most important things. Um, That's essential. I love it. So I I would just say... Um, it's kind of like just sitting down. Yeah. 
Yeah, in, the beginning. How do I pray? How do I learn to pray? Well, you learn to pray by praying. Yeah. You you just come mm-hmm. and you come with whatever and what and whatever you got and whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, and you come with the realization that God wants to be with you there. Exactly. That, and that's the beginning. And it and it grows and evolves in there, just like relationship grows and evolves when we spend time. I love that. I, I, the, I, the beginning of all of it is prayer. And uh, I think that's, that's awesome. Something I've seen that's over hmm. and over. Yeah. God has revealed that's essential. That's awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and sharing. Oh, for sure. We've really Absolutely. appreciated the time. We've, As we say every time, we want to hear from you. Maybe something Angela said today has really sparked uh, something that the Lord has been talking to you about, maybe, uh, maybe in prayer, maybe in living an open-handed life, maybe in something that you've been saying, I don't really want to release control and thinking that releasing control is more stressful, but actually yeah. it's backwards. And if you would let go then there is so much peace in letting go and turning things over to him. So we would love to hear from you just how this story has impacted you. And as we always want to do, encourage you to sit down and have a conversation with somebody else. These are just so easy. It's just sitting down and having an interest and and having some questions and, and listening. You need to make time for it. It requires your time and it requires your intentionality beyond that. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty amazing thing yep. what you'll discover in conversation. So reach out to us in all the ways that you know how. We've got lots of guests coming up, lots of new guests, folks you haven't heard from yeah. before, and some new we've, stories We've got them up. scheduled out, there, so get ready. So we're excited. Blake, anything that the folks need to know before we sign off? Uh, <laughs> I mean, just uh, don't ask me for stickers at Lowe's on Saturday. I can't but. wait to hear Lowe's and Blake's <laughs> stories. Listen, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Adios.